Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. Last week, I started talking about testimonies, right? And, and, and I, I was using Acts chapter 26 about Paul when he went to King Agrippa and, and, and he was giving his testimony. And one of the things in this part that Paul said that, that really stuck to me, he said, he said that I think myself happy, oh King Agrippa. Your testimony should be one that, that excels happiness, should be one that we be talking about uh, how God has delivered us from something. Amen? What I want to talk about this morning, I want to piggyback off of that because, because what I want to talk about is if I had to title this message, it would be How Prayers Meet for a Purpose. I'm going to say that again. How Our Prayers Meet for a purpose. Sometimes we think that we just get on our knees and, and we say, Lord, I, I need your help in this certain area. But what we don't realize is that God is using somebody else to meet your need. Amen? But it takes two. It takes two in order for the prayer to come together and for God to get the glory in it. Amen? I'm going to go into the, into the Acts chapter 10, but what I'm going to give you is a homework assignment. Amen? Because I'm not going to read all these verses. It's Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 47. I'm going to touch base on a few of these verses in order for the Holy Spirit to, to kind of clarify and show us what God is doing. Amen? But see... The thing is, as we continue to read this, is that it takes two, obedience on both parts, and understanding the voice of God. Amen? See, there's a lot of times we hear God's voice and we like, oh, that's, that's not God. It, it, it can't be because he's telling me to do something I don't want to do. But a lot of times we don't understand when God tells you to do something, it's not for you, it's for somebody else. Amen? I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 1. It says, and there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, or what was called an Italian regiment a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. And he gave alms generously to the people and he prayed to God always. See, when, when, when Minister Emmanuel came up and he was talking about tithes and offering, I'm going to show you how your prayers and your offering connect with each other also. This was a man of God and his whole household paid tithes. And they prayed to God always. But the thing was, was this, 
is that he was not accepted by the religious sect because he was a Gentile. So what am I teaching? What am I saying to you right now is that, that people can reject you even though you're praying to God and you're praying and you're paying your tithes. Amen? But God accepted his heart. And this is what I'm telling you is that when you're praying and you're paying your tithes, God is looking at your heart. He's accepting your heart. Why? Because he feared God. He believed in one God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He had a reverence for God and the authority for God. The man did not want to sin against God. But the key was he was a giving man, but he was a Gentile. Verse 3 reads like this. It says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, listen carefully. Your prayers and your alms have come up for me as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And he will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called his two household servants and a devout soldier among them and those who waited, with him, waited on him continuously. And he, when he had explained these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Mm. Interesting piece of scripture here. God knew who Cornelius was. This is so important in our Christian walk that we have to understand that God knows who we are. Amen? We just had a, a, a testimony here in our own church. Right over here, we had an incident that happened. We had some water damage. And as I'm cleaning up the, the debris and the mess, I'm calling out to God. I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. Yes, senior pastor said, God, I can't do this. Then the voice came and it said, Andy. And I kept cleaning the debris because I ignored it at first. And I'm like, Andy? And then the Holy Spirit said it again, Andy. And I got my cell phone out and I looked up Andy and Andy was a close friend of mine who owns a construction company. And I called Andy and I said, Andy, I need help. And he says, I'll be in Grand Rapids about five. And he came in and he looked at everything 
And he said, I'll take care of it. And I asked him, I said, well, just let me know how much the materials are. And he said, did I ask you that? What am I saying is, is that God knows what we need and he hears our voice. But we have to be humble enough sometimes and allow God to be God. Now just think, if I wasn't obedient to the voice, we would have paid a whole bunch of money to get that fixed. But obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? God knew uptown. God knew what we're doing here in this church. Amen? God knows your name. This is an intimate relationship that we have with God. That he knows who you are no matter what circumstance you are going through. He knows your name. What the devil tries to do is this. Oh, I'm going through these hard times and I'm going through these circumstances and I'm arguing with my wife and my kids and so forth and God has left me. Where is he at right now? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have your favorite meal cooked. Your kids are walking up to you and saying, hey, dad, mom, I love you. But in that moment of time, everything went willy-nilly. That's my favorite word, isn't it? Amen? My granddaughter, she's graduating high school this year. It's my daughter's youngest. So this is the last one that's leaving her nest. And when she was young, she used to come up here all the time in the summertime. And me and this girl, we used to go at it. And one day, I get off work, and she's still laying in the bed. And I said, granddaughter, what you doing? You're just laying up here in the bed. You should be out doing something on her phone. I started to take the phone and just throw that joke out the window. So she got kind of lippy, and I, I told her, I said, I said, you lucky you're my daughter's child. About 10 minutes later, she comes to me, she says, Granddad, can I go to the mall? And I'm looking at this girl. Five minutes ago, you had attitude. Now you're asking me, can I go to the, can you go to the mall? Do you know what her next breath was? Can I have some money? So I taught her a little lesson right now. I said, let me tell you something. You're growing into a woman, and one day you're going to be a wife and a mother, but let me tell you something. I said, get the money first, then get the attitude. <laughs> Amen. But what God is trying to do for us, he's trying to give us the blessing. We're walking around with attitudes and we're missing the blessing. The attitude will have you walk right over the blessing. Amen? 
But this man, Cornelius, the Bible said that he looked at the angel and he was afraid. Why? Because he was a sinful man. But he had reverence for God. This is the same man who was not accepted by the Jews because of who he was. Doesn't that sound like us sometimes? That people look at us sometimes and say, well, I don't want nothing to do with him. They don't even know I'm a senior pastor half the time because I don't tell them. I don't walk around and say, hey, I'm senior pastor of town church. I don't do that. Let me tell you why. It's because I do not want to form other people's opinions about Greg. Amen? If you get to know me, you're going to get to know me because of who I am, not what a title is. Amen? The Bible said that Cornelius cries out and he says, what is it, Lord? And Cornelius is a Gentile man who didn't miss the voice of God. And what am I teaching you this morning is don't miss the voice of God. We have a desire to know the truth, but we must have the desire to know the mind of God first. The Bible says something like this. I'm just going to give a couple of quotes, but Joshua said, what saith the Lord to your servant? When God was speaking to Joshua, the first thing he said was, what saith my Lord to your servant? In other words, we have to humble ourselves in order to hear his voice. Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening to you. What happens is we try to out-talk God. You ever do that before? Those of you who are married and have relationships, you know what I'm talking about. We could be sitting there and I could be trying to explain something to my wife and next thing I know, she done took the conversation and took it somewhere else and I said, well, I guess we're not going to talk about that today. We miss this part of our prayers that ties are walking hand in hand with them. Both of them are coming together from your heart. And God is blessing both of them. God is blessing your prayers and he's blessing your ties. God makes it known to Cornelius that he hears him. He said, your prayers and your arms have come up before me as a memorial. That's something when God says that about a man. Because that is faithfulness. What is the meaning of a memorial? A structure that is established to remind people of a person of an event. This man believed in Christ Jesus, which made his giving acceptable to God, not like the Pharisees. Amen? The voice of God will tell us what to do. That's what we have to listen to is the voice of God. The voice of God will tell us what to do. The voice of God told him to send men to Joppa for a purpose. For Simon, whose surname is Peter. The voice of God told Cornelius where to go. 
that he was lodged with Simon the Tanner. The voice of God told him the place, said the house by the sea. He would give us instructions, but we must put it into action. Amen? See, what happens is this. The voice of God came, the angel spoke, and then the Bible said the angel departed. So he didn't sit there and say, well, um, in debate with you, he told you what to do. We think, sometimes I think we think that God is sitting around drinking a cup of coffee, having a donut, and waiting on us. That's not God. The Bible said this. He told Moses. He said, Moses says, I'm not going anywhere without your presence. And God said, okay, watch this. I'm going to go before you and you follow me. He didn't wait on Moses, did he? We have to get that out of our heads that God is waiting upon us. The first thing we say is, God didn't tell that to me. We don't have the servant's heart sometimes that God is looking for. If, if somebody came to me and I knew that they were men and women of God, and they came to me and they said, Pastor, uh, God said we need to go over here. Okay. Let's do it. The servants that, that, that Cornelius had, they didn't say, well, God didn't speak to me and tell me that I got to go to Joppa. He told you. But all Cornelius did was say to his servants, I need you to go to Joppa. I'm kind of skipping around, so like I said, I, I want you to read this for yourselves. Amen? See, I want us to understand that we don't need to give up on the journey of our prayers because our prayers have a destination and a fulfillment. The prayer is already answered. Remember Daniel? The Bible said that he prayed and, and he was, and, and, and then all of a sudden it said, the prince of Asia was fighting against me. But God said that before you even finished praying in your heart, it was done. But it took 21 days. We can't even last two hours. God is fulfilling something in our lives. All we have to do is wait on it. The Bible said that Peter was going up to pray. Now this is what I'm talking about here is that Cornelius is praying over here and Peter is praying over here. The Bible said it was about the sixth hour. We can be praying about something then God comes along and he tests our hearts. Jesus told Peter and the rest of the disciples, he said, go into the nations and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them 
to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of age. Now here comes the flesh. The Bible said that and Peter became hungry and wanted to eat. The answer to the prayer is still in the secret place of Peter's heart. I want you to, want you to understand that, that the answer to your prayer is still in the secret place of your heart. You have to understand that, that when you're praying about something, that there's a spiritual fight. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. There's a spiritual warfare going on right now over your life. Do you believe that? Right now over your life, there is a spiritual fight. The Bible says that God has answered the prayer, but he is going to use Peter to bring it forth. That's something, isn't it? See, I know who's praying for me. And I know who's not praying for me. You would say, well, pastor, how do you know who's praying for you? Those who are praying for me, they don't mind correcting me. Interesting, isn't it? Those who aren't praying for me, they have their own agenda. So they don't worry about correction. When, we was talking about this in Sunday school. That's why Sunday school is good. Love is correction. When you're loving somebody, you're able to correct them. When you're not loving someone, you just let them go. Go ahead. You can go willy-nilly if you want to. Go ahead. But let me tell you this. The hardest part about relationship is correction. In a marriage, in a father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship, a church relationship. You know why people get church hurt? I, I, I figured this one out a long time ago. And I never understood it until I saw it. When you don't get your own way. That's interesting, isn't it? When you don't get your way. I understood something. Pastor Trim was here. He was senior pastor, right? Pastor Trim pulled me in the office and he corrected me about something. And then someone else said, are you leaving? I said, God never told me to leave. Because he corrected me? I was supposed to leave? You know, I'm, I'm going to keep this real. Do you know what he corrected me about? I was supposed to be watching the parking lot back then, right? 
Instead of watching the parking lot, I'm up here. So he said, I thought you were supposed to be watching the parking lot. I said, I was. He said, no, you wasn't. You were up here. Now, isn't that something that small? Because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. He didn't tell me where I was. Truth of the matter was, I was up there. Amen? So we have to be under, we have to understand and be careful. When someone corrects you, they're correcting you out of love. Amen? The answer of the prayers in the secret place. God has answered the prayers and he is using Peter to bring it forth. The Bible said that Peter fell into a trance and he saw heaven open up and objects like a great sheep bound on four corners descending to him and he let down on earth and it went all kinds of four-footed animals on, of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things of the birds of the air. What am I saying here? God is going to use the very thing that you are desiring in your heart to teach us how to serve somebody else. Peter was hungry. God is going to use the, the exact thing that Peter was desiring in his heart in order for him to serve someone else. God knows the right place. I want you to think about this for a moment. When we look at the Bible, we, sometimes we have to look at it in a metaphor. Amen? There could be somebody out there looking for Jesus. But we're looking at the outside appearance, and God is looking at the heart. The wild beast, there's a man or a woman who is doing all kind of wrong. The first thing we say, they're no good and they'll never change. But we don't know what they prayed in that secret place in their heart. The creepy things, this person just don't look right. It may have a disability of some kind. Or something just creeps you out about their personality. So we keep walking right past this person. Every day on our jobs. Or it's the man or the woman who's living down the street. Or we see the police at their house every weekend. We don't know what their prayer is. Because we're judging them on their outside appearance. The birds are free-spirited people who are opinionated and they challenge you. We don't want nothing to do with them because we feel we can't tell them anything. But we're supposed to be spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going to get right down to the last part of this. I'm going to come back to it. Now, what's taking place here is this. 
is that Cornelius, he, he prayed over here and Peter's praying over here. The Bible said, and the sheet came down and, and Peter was looking at it. And Peter, the first thing Peter said is, I'm not eating anything unclean. And God said, don't call anything, anything common or unclean that I've made. We have to stop looking at people because God said, I made them. We have to stop judging people for their appearance because God said, I made them. We have to stop and understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ, as the Bible said, supposed to go through all the nations. But there's a man named Cornelius that had a vision from God. And God told him to go get Peter. Now the Bible is, 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 is bringing Peter's prayer and Cornelius' prayer is bringing it together now. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Because God has told Cornelius where to go. God has instructed Peter saying that somebody's going to come and knock on your door. But don't you dare call them unclean. He tells Peter first he must get up. Second, he must go down. In other words, humble himself. Third, he must recognize them for the situation that they're in. Fourth, don't doubt nothing. Stop doubting yourselves. The word of God is not to be doubted. Get out of your own thinking. I'll raise my hand first. I'll raise my hand. There are times I have to get out of my own thinking. The Bible says because they were sent by God. Trust the word that I have sent forth that God is telling someone. I'm going to read verse 24. In the following day the, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. And he called his relatives and close friends. And what am I, what is the Bible teaching us? That if Peter didn't listen, Cornelius had called his close friends and his relatives. For what? A common purpose. Peter had to be obedient to the voice of God. Cornelius had to be obedient to the voice of God. There are people in, our, in the midst of our prayers who are waiting for the answer of our prayers, but they're not getting fulfilled in the manner that God wants them because we're questioning God. We have to stop questioning God and allow the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to go forth.
Verse 25 says, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and he fell down at his feet and he worshiped him. Stop worshiping man. Stop it. Man will fail you every time. I'm telling you the truth. Stop worshiping man. Man will fail you every time. But the Bible says, let, let God be true and every man a lie. The word of God is true. If we depend on the word of God, then we're not worried about it. Amen? Peter says this. He says, Peter, lift him up and saying, stand up. I myself am a man. That's true humility. God has given you a word, but understand it's the word of God that's going to go forth. As he continued, he says, and as I talked with him, he went, and he, he went in and he found many who had come together and they said to him, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with one, with, with, with or go with, to another nation. But God is showing us we can't call no one common or unclean. The gospel of Jesus Christ can't go out because of our own ignorance. We stifle the gospel of Jesus Christ by our own thinking. The Bible said that Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Amen? It is the gospel. I get in my own way. I raise my hand again. Peter told them that Jesus was ordained by God to judge the living and the dead. Didn't say anything about me, did it? We have to get out of our own way in order for the gospel to go forth. I had a conversation with a couple of people uh, over the past week. They said, you know, we, we stopped going to church. I, I said, uh, I'm listening. I said, what you stop going to church for? He said, because we were getting judged. I said, well, how were you getting judged? And they, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of stuff, but what happened was, was this, is that a lot of times we forget where we came from. I grew up in the 70s. I don't have to say a whole bunch more, but I grew up in the 70s. I'm talking about before it came legal was puff, puff, pass, pass. Cracking the 40. I got 20 on it. I, I grew up like that. 
I grew up hanging out all night at the park. We go to the park and we party all night. I grew up like that. So when I see young men and women come in and they talking about this, I say, y'all just don't know. I ain't judging because that was me. We have, to, we have to understand people right where they are at. I'll never get so up here that I forgot where I was. My testimony is where I was and how God delivered me from it. Not that I got so holy, I'm floating. You see that cloud I'm floating on? This is what God is reminding Peter of. God is reminding Peter. Peter, don't don't you remember when you denied me three times? Remember that, don't you? I do. I forgave you of it, though, didn't I? Peter, remember when you told me and tried to rebuke me? And I told you you got the things of men on your heart, not the things of God? Remember that, Peter? So when the sheets came down and Peter looked at it and God spoke to him, he said, Peter, I didn't call you unclean, did I? Remember where you came from, Peter. You just didn't get here overnight. The purpose of prayer was for the remission of sins for a whole household. Cornelius was praying for his household and he needed Peter to come in and give the word of God. God was going to use Peter to come in and give the word of God where others were shunning Cornelius. The Bible says that, like I said, this is homework. You guys read it. The Bible says that his household received the Holy Spirit. Now just think if Peter was disobedient. If Peter got so high on his horse that now since Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven that he thinks that he's the man now. This whole household would have still been looking But God used Peter's prayer, gave Peter a vision. Cornelius' prayer gave Cornelius a vision, and they met together for one purpose. So a whole household could be saved. What am I telling you this morning? Know your prayers. Know the voice of God for yourself. Let no one tell you what your relationship is with Christ Jesus. Coming from the pulpit like this, that's something else, isn't it? My job is not to tell you what your relationship is supposed to be. My job is to push you towards Christ Jesus. That's my job. My job is not to tell you what you can't wear this, you can't wear that, Put your hair in a ponytail. Put your collar all the way up. That's not my job. 
Because in the end, you ain't going to have none of that on your final day. When you take your last breath, you think Jesus is going to say, well, uh, uh, let me see here. Uh, you had high heels on and you had stockings and, and, and you wore blue jeans all the time. You didn't wear a suit. You think he's going to say that? If I'm reading my gospel right, he's saying, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm. That's a whole ways away from, that's why Peter said, I'm a man. I know I stepped on a lot of toes this morning with this one. A whole lot of toes got stepped on. But I'm telling you the truth is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every man. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not to hurt you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is to build you up. The gospel of Jesus Christ is to get you to the next level. Amen? I'm going to end here. But I want you to understand this before I end. I'm going to tell you a story. And I need you to understand this story. There was this lady. She went and bought her a little pet snake. And she had that snake in the bed with her. And that snake was growing and she was feeding the snake and everything else. And then all of a sudden that snake got big. And the snake stopped eating. And she got concerned about her snake. So she grabbed the snake, put it in a cage, took it to the vet, said, what's wrong with my snake? And the vet looking at the snake saying, the snake healthy, what's going on? And she said, what's wrong with my snake? It quit eating. And the vet said, oh, he's preparing himself to eat you. What am I saying? Don't allow the snakes to get in your bed. They want to eat the gospel of Jesus Christ from you. Allow the gospel of Jesus Christ to live in your hearts. Develop the relationship that you need, the intimate relationship that you need, that you can hear his voice. That you can hear his voice. Amen? Again, being in Christ Jesus means more than coming to church. It means sharing what God has blessed you with. Sharing your deliverance, sharing your salvation with someone. Allowing people to know that, that hey, I've never I've been like this all my life. I'm only like this because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't allow snakes to steal the gospel from you. 